0: 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.
1: Late rally by the Edmonton Oilers, but it falls short and the Montreal Canadiens get the win 4-3 tonight at Rogers Place. They did it again when it came to the physicality and the nastiness and the intensity. As a matter of fact, the sequel... Might have been better than the original (laughs) on Monday night. This was a bruising game with a little bit of controversy along the way mixed in. I think, which we will talk about tonight. But uh, four three, Montreal wins it, Rob, and full credit to them. They responded from what the Orders were able to do them in the third on Monday.
2: Yeah, and give them credit because they came out in in game one of the two game series. They came out and were physical. And they were nasty and, and, and dirty and they pushed the, the others around and the others started pushing back in the second and third and, and absolutely dominated the last half of that hockey game. But the Canadians came out tonight and what they did in the first period, they carried on in the second period and then again in the third period. They didn't back off. They didn't uh, wilt until the others had their teeny little push there at the end where they almost came back and tied this hockey game. But the Canadians came with a game plan, and probably four and a half of the six periods of this two-game set, they played it to a T. And that's whoever's going to play the Montreal Canadiens in the first round of the playoffs, they are going to see physicality. They are going to see cross-checks. They are going to see uh, a team that makes you earn every single inch of ice. And that's what you saw tonight. Every, every player that touched the puck within seconds was run over. I mean, every check was finished. And it, the others did it too. The others pushed back. But that's how Montreal plays. They got a, a very strong top four. They got a good third pairing. Their goaltending was good tonight. And they just push you around. They just keep pushing, coming, coming, coming. And to me, it was entertaining and it was we saw two playoff hockey games the last two games.
1: So the Canadians take it 4-3. Ryan Nugent Hopkins returned after being out for a couple of weeks with an upper body injury courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's the Nuge. Uh,
3: I think a couple just kind of bounced a little bit too high but if we, uh, we get those, I mean, uh, who knows? So uh, we're all over it. Uh, obviously we don't want to take that long uh, uh, to put ourselves in that position uh, normally, but, I mean, we still fought back and uh, uh, one, uh, one shot away there. Eric Van Post Media.
4: Hey, Ryan. These guys make you earn every you know every you know meter or vice uh, in this game I, what's the key to not getting frustrated by that and, and just trying to fight through those checks and those sticks and and the little pulls and tugs
3: and things like that well I, I think you just said it I mean you got, you got to stick with it um, I thought the other night just watching from the press box I mean the guys did a great job of that um, just fought through everything as, as the game went on tonight I thought uh, again we, we kind of just stuck with it and uh, they want to hold us up they want to hook us a little bit and uh, um, I mean it's, it's the way it's gonna be it's it, it's tight-checking games right now. I mean, uh, um, every game's going to be like this down the stretch, and uh, we got to find a way to work through it. And I, I thought we did a we did an okay job of that tonight. Um, obviously, you can get better, but I thought the other night, uh, just watching from upstairs, I mean, the guys did a great job. So it's in here. Uh, we we got no quit right now. I mean, we're relentless on them, and um, we got to keep that up. <laughs>
4: And there seems to be a genuine animosity with, with with this team. Is that just a product of playing them eight nine times this year?
3: Yeah, I mean, you, you play a team, um, you play a team like you said eight nine times. It's going to be uh, there's going to be rivalries that pop up. There's going to be uh, um, hard fought games, and uh, it's the way it is. And uh, we expect nothing less from uh, every game.
5: Daniel Ninja in the Athletic. Hi hey Ryan. The uh, the Canadians uh, only had. Four, uh, penalties, or three penalties and a double minor. You guys only had four against you two. but do you think that was the style of the game that was played or was there, is there something maybe you'd like to see from yourselves as a group to, to try to draw a few more
3: penalties? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think... Uh... I think we did end up uh, drawing a couple there at the end. And, I mean, uh, all you can do is kind of skate through checks and um, and try and make them uh, take one on us. And um, as the game went on, we, we started to do that a little bit more and uh, can't get too frustrated, can't get on the refs too much and uh, just let the game play out. But, I mean, obviously, when we get an opportunity, opportunity on the power play, we got to be ready to capitalize.
1: All right, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins, who scores tonight as part of that Oilers late rally. They were down 4-1. Nugent scored with two-twelve to goal. And then the third goal of the game for Edmonton is Jesse Puljujarvi's on a deflection with 1.11 left. They actually had a couple of looks in the final 30 seconds, but couldn't tie it up.
2: They, they did, and the Canadians had a couple chances to get the puck down the ice, and they didn't. And when you give the Oilers, the, the Oilers were just, it was like a train that kept on coming. It was just a matter of if Allen was going to make enough saves, unfortunately for the Montreal Canadiens, he just made one save more the Edmonton Oilers could afford.
1: All right, let's go back into the Zoom room. Here's head coach Dave Tippett.
4: Dave, another gritty, physical playoff-style game. Did it just take you guys a little bit too long to, to get into it in that first period?
0: Yeah, I, you know, we they were a desperate team. They came hard. We didn't. Uh, I didn't think we were matching the intensity and uh, and kind of the will behind them and so they uh we got it to even gave up one on a off a neutral zone face off uh get, they got the lead and then they kind of pushed it along from there so it was a hard fought battle but we came up a little short
4: your team did battle back it was a physical game you know the, the refs seemed to set the tone that they were going to let a lot of stuff go and then you know the dry subtle penalty in the third period seemed to be a big momentum change it, you know, an interference call on a, what a bang bang body check oh, On a, like, on a uh,
0: body check. An interference call on a guy that just passed the puck in a body check. Uh, that's, yeah. that's, it's, I don't know, it is what it is. I'm not going to comment on the referees. That was, that was, uh, I'll just leave it at that.
5: Derek Fendi, Post Media.
4: Hey, Dave, this is, how important are these games, to play these games in the regular season when, it, when you have to fight through checks and you have to fight through every inch of ice? How important are they to get them now so when you do get in the playoffs, you're, you're familiar with, with what it's going to be like?
0: Well, every game is competitive. I think it's been more competitive on a regular basis through the regular season than, than a normal year because you're playing teams in your own division playoff spots are so important it's just it's it's kind of been like a mini playoff series all year so every game is competitive i think you'll see that going down the stretch here like that team montreal they're they're trying to get themselves a playoff spot we're trying to get ourselves a playoff spot you're you're going to play hard i mean that's just that's the way it is right now so it's uh you got to be willing to play that game to be successful and uh you know, the more games you play like that, you can get some success from it. You can uh, you can push your team along.
4: Um, and I jumped in a little late, so I apologize if Jason asked this already, but is there a- an update on, on Zach Cassian?
0: Not yet. He's going to have some tests uh, in the morning, and we'll-, we'll know more tomorrow. Thanks.
5: Daniel, you your a moment, The Athletic. Um, hi, Dave. Uh, two very similar styles of games. How would you compare your team's, you know, work and effort tonight uh, compared to two
0: nights ago? Yeah, they're both tight games. I, I thought we probably weren't as good for bigger parts of the game tonight as we were the other night. But they're, uh, you know, they're hard-fought games. Hard-fought games. you got to fight for every bit of ice. You know, I thought we were, there was parts of this game I thought we were behind. We weren't making enough plays, winning enough battles that... Uh, would allow us to play in the offensive zone more.
5: Uh, I'm sure you you obviously don't want to be
0: behind like that late in the game, but how would you
5: kind of uh, rate your team's resolve late and and what that kind of means for for a group going forward here?
0: Well, you're chasing the game. You're just throwing everything in the net. We were able to get a couple goals, so we made it close. But, but, you know, you still lose the game.
5: Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, did, did the game turn a bit? Connor got the breakaway goal and it looked like you were going to get, you know, the usual momentum when Connor scores a goal and then he came back to the next shift and scored the goal and he, and he kept chasing the game.
0: Was that a, yeah, that was a, a mental that was, mistake or how was that? Uh, it, was a, it was a bit of coverage that we missed. It was three on three and we just missed some coverage coming in and that's, uh, you know, he made a he made a good play driving outside, driving the net. That's... One you'd like to, you'd like to uh, not give up for sure, especially after you just score.
5: And you, um, you did play a couple of forwards. Is that because, you know, you just decided that you don't play for another four days and you're gonna ride
0: your big guns? Cause you didn't play good much. You didn't play sure much. You, you know, you, you, some of your forwards didn't play that. Yeah, when you lose one guy to your lineup, it just kind of breaks the rhythm. So we, for the majority of it, we got down to three lines and just played three.
4: Mark sports
6: not
0: yeah Dave. regardless of the fact that you know maybe you didn't like all your game is your team better for having played these two games in the style that they were played do you you guys get something out of this week well the games are you know you're you're playing hard playoff style games so that's good for your team you know how you react how you play in those games you see you find out about a lot about your players in those games who can play who can battle at that level. And uh, so you find out a lot about your team. So you're probably right there. It's, uh, It's good for your team.
1: Thank you. Thank you. If there are more questions, this concludes tonight. Hey, that is Oilers head coach Dave Tippett after a 4-3 loss to the Montreal Canadiens. So Zach Cassian left the game three minutes in. He body-checked Shea Weber deep in the Montreal end and immediately looked uncomfortable, needed a little bit of assistance to get to the bench and then had to be helped down the tunnel to the Oilers dressing room. Tippett also very careful commenting on the Leon Dreisaitl interference penalty with 12.25 <laughs> left in the third period. That, that was an awful call that I mean, was that, a bad that, call. that was probably the worst call we've seen in an Oilers game this season and I and I understand why that frustrates people I, I think the officiating tonight was uh quite lenient both ways <laughs> as <laughs> it was quite lenient on Monday well it, I mean,
2: it, like we're talking that was uh those wrestling matches where they stick them all in a cage and it was a cage match it was a cage match it was unbelievable that, what that one to was, go. that was a frustrating
1: well, call I mean I try not to just the reason it's frustrating refs, but is I mean,
2: that's a legal hit. The reason it was frustrating is because that was actually something that you're allowed to do. <laughs> because right. there's uh, so many other things that you're not allowed to do that they let go. So it's like, okay, wait a second. That's why Leon was smiling afterwards. Like, okay, I have taken 15 cross checks tonight. I've given out about eight or ten myself, and none of those things were called. And then I follow through and I check the guy. The guy actually had the like he swung at the puck. He missed it. But he swung at it so the puck was there that was a great hit i mean the one before the the mcdavid one where he got trip where alan got a tripping penalty again that was dumb like all the stuff you're letting go, those are the dumb penalties that you call now again both teams at the end of the night uh should have been penalized in a normal ref game five or six or ten or twelve more times but this the refs right from the beginning and and dave Tippett talking they they put their whistles away they allowed them to do whatever they want now that is how it is refed more so in the playoffs, and the Montreal Canadiens they benefit from that more than Edmonton does because the Edmonton power play is so good, and uh, Montreal power play not as effective. So, if they're going to say okay, we're not going to have power plays tonight, that takes away one of the Edmonton Oilers' biggest weapons. Now, I'd, the Oilers were not the better team. Refs. No. Good refs, bad refs, it does not matter. The Montreal Canadiens were the better team in this hockey game, but a, a refereed game that doesn't call anything certainly does not benefit the Edmonton Oilers.
1: Well, and you know what? And that's why, I've I, I got to tell you something, Rob. My, my view of officiating has actually changed as I've progressed through my broadcasting career because you, you get to interview sometimes ex-referees and, mm-hmm. and linesmen of all levels and, and get to know people like you who played the game and sometimes explain things that happen on the ice or conversations or, or sometimes like you have said, a referee might even say, look, I missed it. Yep. I didn't, I didn't see it or, or I did see it. And I brain cramped and yep. didn't put the whistle in my mouth. So, you know, I think there's more to it than just saying the refs suck or they're all idiots or they're, or they're, <laughs> or they're corrupt,
2: but well, I, don't, know, I, I don't, I don't, but I don't think any of those things, no, I neither do I. No, that's no, not, no, that's not, yes, that's not yeah, what yeah, I'm saying.
1: Yeah. Uh, boy, I forgot where I was going with that. I felt like I had something brilliant it, it, to say. I, I probably it, didn't. It would have been brilliant if, if you if you remember but, but it. But that, that's that's a blown call. I don't mind I don't mind, it was a I blown don't mind call. pointing it out. But I, this is what I was thinking. But in terms of, okay, so the games are going to be ref like that in the playoffs. Yeah. So we're pretty sure of that. That's why I don't mind. And, and, look, I was looking on Twitter throughout the game, and I see uh, – he, you know, there's a, there's a guy, and I don't know why I follow him, because he, he tweets stupid stuff almost all the time. His name's Grant McCaig or something like that. I don't know who he is. Uh, but he, uh, he he said, well, there's Connor McElbow at it again. And I'm like, okay, fair enough. If you're a Canadian supporter, that's what you're saying. Yeah. And Oilers supporters are saying, there's Corey Perry uh, you know, snapping his head back <laughs> every time like he's been, though I do think McDavid did. Catch well, him it not. was. The one, time, the one in the second period where Chason shoved him in the chest and Perry all of a sudden's uh, neck is almost flying off his, his shoulders. But, but here's the thing. if The Oilers have to learn how much you can get away with. And that's—I I, well, think—that's part of what veteran teams, like you said, yeah. about Weber. Well, uh, okay, I'm just going to keep cross-checking till until it's cold. They, until he
2: calls me. And when, uh, yeah, exactly. I, well, yeah, I—well, if they would have called a penalty on Weber, you know, late in the second period, and said, "Okay, that's cross-checking." Well, I got 16 licks in before I got my penalty. I'll take that. Uh, and if—if if I'm playing against the Edmonton Oilers, you have to slow down Connor and Leon. They are uh, the two best players in the world. And to slow them down, you be physical every chance you got on them. And now, if the referees are okay, well, there, I'm not only am I allowed to be physical within the rules. Okay, they're letting you know maybe a later hit today. They're allowing me to do. Okay, now it's like, oh, the cross check. Okay, maybe I can extend a little bit more. Players are gonna continue to do that. Now, having said that, Leon and Connor, they got their licks in and tonight too. And that's what too. I'm yes. fine with it. If, yeah. if that
1: they have to, I think that's the mentality yeah. you have to have. That you, I mean, look, I think you do have to lobby. Oh, to you do it. Sides, but I think sometimes just say, okay, fine, that's legal. Yep. Okay, I'm well, that's what's legal tonight. If, if they're daring you to call a penalty, I'm uh, I'm going to dare you to call a penalty
2: as well. Well, it's true. And that's what we saw. The the problem is that when a ref puts his whistle away and allows the, the line to get moved in what a penalty is and what a penalty isn't, sometimes you get to the point where, okay, now it's dangerous. And I think this game was close to that, Right. where all of a sudden, okay, that I mean, that guy just cross-checked him nine times, and I know that he's a big guy take, was the whole, taking those hits, but I mean, that that you, eventually you gotta say, okay, enough is enough, and I think we were really close tonight. Now, as a fan, this is awesome to watch, and <laughs> as a fan. I'm not the one that's getting absolutely abused, and I've been in games like that where the refs put their their whistles away, and you're on the bench going, "Okay, please God, someone call a penalty because I can't take any more of this." But to watch it is fun. But as a player, there's got to be a time where the ref says, "Okay, that's where my line is," and I don't know in tonight's game if that line was ever there. Obviously, it was an interference penalty on Leon Drysdale. Like, okay, this is where I'm calling it. But yeah, it, it, you just there there. Playoff hockey is awesome, but you also... There's got to be the allowance for the players to play hockey. Because tonight, I mean, there'd be four guys laying on the ice at any time in the offensive zone. I mean, the puck is over in the far right corner, and the guy that's covering the defenseman, he's laying down because he just got laid out. So the referees tonight, I think they may have allowed too much. Fun to watch, but I think they allowed too much. Well, and I think
1: that's where where fans get frustrated is that... The inconsistency from game to game, oh, but yeah. it's different referees. But that. it's different; it's different referees, yeah. and, th- and I think referees also realize sometimes. Okay, these two teams are going to go at it, so yep. I, maybe I'll let a little bit more go. But I think you make a good point about a safety. I yes, mean, it's the referee's job to make sure the game is played fairly and safe and safely. Yes, I agree. And Tonight's was. <laughs> I mean, because if guys are thinking like, okay, I elbowed him in the chest, I elbowed him in the neck, I guess I, I can go I just to the head. Keep going a yeah, bit just higher. keep going a little bit higher. Just
2: keep going a little bit up. All right. So yeah, it's it it was, yeah it, it got a little bit uh, a little scary at some points tonight. Uh, again, fun to watch. Not always fun to play.
1: But from uh, you know a technical hockey aspect, as the Canadians win four three, they played well. They, the Oilers did not have uh, a lot of chances. They did not have a lot of room.
2: No, they didn't. And it, it was one of those. And when the puck came through the neutral zone, it was clogged. And this is the most physical team that we have seen. now. Again, we only see seven teams, so I'm not sure how the rest of the league plays. But Montreal, like the, the others, play Winnipeg uh, the next two games that might be, like, practically a no-hitter compared to this. They, The Winnipeg Jets used to be big and nasty. Me, when they had Bufflin and Myers and, and the big defense. And they don't play that way as much. Now, they're they're much more skilled team. And that's why I was so excited to see, to see a, a Jet-Oiler first-round series because it could be 7-6 every night. Both teams have that much talent. Uh, but it'll be a completely different game when those two teams play each other in the next two because Winnipeg's not near as physical and Edmonton would be the more physical of the two teams. Having said that, two of Edmonton's more physical players may not be playing in those games. We don't know if Kara and or will be back in time. Yeah, that's a good point. Kulikov might add yep. some of that mentality, and he's probably
1: going to go on Monday. Canadians win this one. 4-3 tonight that's a 300 donation to 630 chad Santos anonymous from james h brown and associates serious injury lawyers they're given a hundred dollars every time the oilers score the total for the season now up to fourteen thousand four hundred. you can get us at 780-496-0063 that is the certainty hotline certainty professional grade building materials you're also going to hear from caleb jones this is heartland ford overtime open line Final at Rogers' place, Montreal 4, Edmonton 3. So here's how the scoring broke down. Lekkinen scored with 28.9 seconds left in the first period. Canadians vastly superior out of the gate. They outshot the Oilers 13 4 in the first period. In the second, McDavid got a breakaway goal. Jones sent him in all alone, but Anderson came back just 11 seconds later. So Montreal was up 2 1 after 2. Tofoli scored on the power play, tough play by Josh Archibald, put it right out in front of his own net. Smith knocked it right onto Tofoli's stick, and he buried it. Anderson scored again with 4.57 to go. The Oilers challenged for goalie interference. They were not successful, so they were shorthanded. But then Druin got a double minor for high-sticking Archibald, basically right off the center ice face-off. The Oilers eventually went on a power play. Nuge scored with Smith on the bench. McDavid, or the uh, arvey scored on a tip of a McDavid shot with Smith on the bench, but that was it. The Oilers couldn't tie it up. 4-3 is the final. I actually thought that that goal was going to come off the board. It, it was... Uh,
2: yeah, I agree. I, it was funny. There was two different plays where uh, Montreal Canadiens uh, affected Mike Smith. First, Tatar going behind the net got his feet caught up in the stick of Mike Smith and then uh, Anderson going across the crease. Now the only thing that I could think is why it was called a goal and they didn't uh, disallow it was the stick was outside the blue crease when Anderson hit the stick and the referee will say, well, it's, it's, you know, that's fair ice. He's going, I can't tell his intent, because you're staring at the skate. Did he try to kick it out of his hands, which is a penalty? Or was he just going through an area and his foot got caught on it? I mean, his, the stick was outside the blue paint. That's my guess. Uh, I don't know. Do they put, post something? Well, I've just, I've just, I went to the rule
1: book online. And everything is about contacting the goalkeeper himself. Like actually touching the goalkeeper's body. I don't see anything about touching his stick, interfering with his
2: equipment. I mean, it it did make a difference on the goal, though. I mean, that stick popped out of his hand, and all of a sudden he was out of position. But again, the stick was outside the blue crease. His foot came and knocked the stick out of his hand. Is it incidental contact or was it intent? Uh, I don't know if a referee can call intent. Had the stick been in the blue crease, then it would have been goalie interference. I think the fact that the stick was out when the contact happened is the reason that they allowed the goal to happen. And then, but then the game should have been over for the Montreal Canadiens, an absolutely dumb play by Druin, who I thought had... Uh, if the Montreal Canadiens, I thought, as a team, were fantastic, I thought Druin was the weakness on their team tonight, and he allowed the Oilers a chance to come back in this hockey game.
1: This texture says, "What's the point of having a rule book if the refs are going to decide what's a penalty? Might as well throw the rule book in the bush." Uh, we could yeah, do that. We could have a ceremony.
2: <laughs> well, it's, I, I agree. I, I, I do agree. Um, I always laugh when playoffs start. That okay? That, two weeks ago, that was a two-hand slash, but now it's just a tap, and they're letting it play. You're right. The the rules are there for a reason. They're called the the NHL will say that they're interpreting the rules differently, that they're staying within the guidelines of what the rules are, but all you have to do is watch a game that's played in, well, a normal season in October, then watch one in February, then watch one in May, and the games (laughs) will be ref three different ways.
1: Montreal wins it 4-3 tonight. Uh, Josh Anderson with two goals is the first star. Connor McDavid with three points. You know, is 77 points in 45 games. Still has an outside shot to get to 100 in a 56-game season. Shea Weber, the third star. Rob and I give out the fourth star for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual. Order your game day meal for takeout or delivery. Check out the menu at Mr. Mike's.ca. Well, he
2: scored again. I'll give it to Arvey He's up to 12 goals. Well, it, honestly, like, Alan's in the net. There's absolutely zero chance he can see past Pilyarvi when Like, he is a monster. I, I don't know if people realize how big Jesse Pugliarvi is. And when he stands in front of the net, and I give him credit, he's not a guy that, as the puck's coming in, where he moves out of the front and tries to hit the puck with his stick. He stands there, and if the puck hits him, the puck hits him, but he understands what his role is. And the goalie, has, he can't see anything. I mean, he's like uh, what Dustin Penner used to be like when he stood in front of the net. It was like an eclipse. All right, the goalie sees nothing. He he won't see the sun until Penner leaves. Well, that's what Pugliarvi's like, and good on Pugliarvi. He's understanding where he needs to go. They don't need him passing the puck from behind the net. They don't need him up on the high boards. They need him in the goal-scoring area, and he went there, and he was rewarded.
1: It's interesting, too, Rob, because you've always complained over the years about players who will be in – a relatively good position on a screen and then they'll move out of the way and try to wave yep. at the puck. But I've always thought if your screen is that good and you're right in front of the goalie, if the puck hits you, the goalie was going to stop it anyway. It's true. Absolutely. So, so why well, move? Why have... <laughs>
2: move? Uh, fear? Really, it's honestly fear. You don't want to get hit. And I realize it's easier said than done to hold your ground. No, you're right. It's, well, to me, the reason, well, Milan Lucic signed with the Oilers. I mean, my guess is their plan was to be the net front presence on the power play. But when you watch Milan Lucic there, he'd be in front of the goalie. As the shot was coming in, he would take a step back and he would try to tip the puck. Well, that allowed the goalie to see everything. And it just, be, he was ineffective. And eventually he lost his spot on the first power play. Uh, Pugliarvi understands it. Chason, very good at it. Ryan Smith, very good at it. Dustin Penner, very good at it. Guys that stand in front of the net. Sometimes it hurts. Uh, and actually a great example, and he wasn't playing tonight. Gallagher for the Montreal Canadiens, who uh, doesn't have the size, but has the willingness. He always stands in front of the net. Now, it does hurt to do it. And he's broken his hand a few times, and we saw it with, against the Oilers earlier this year. Where That's why he's out right now. But it, it does hurt. It's, these guys shoot hard, and some guys get out of the way because they don't want to get hit. But if you want to be an effective net front presence on a power play, you've got to be willing to stand and take that abuse and be willing to have a puck come at you 100 miles an hour, pull your RVs.
1: The NHL did put this out. It was determined that the contact between Josh Anderson and Edmonton goalkeeper Mike Smith stick was incidental and occurred in the white ice, and therefore did not constitute goaltender interference. So it was a very quick decision.
2: It was, well, it, which to it, me,
1: usually when it's quicker, you think, "Oh yeah, they're going to overturn it."
2: But to me, it was it was obvious. I mean, that's what I, what I said a second. Ago. I mean, it, it was outside of the, the the blue paint and the referees have to make a decision did he do it on purpose or did he not and it's kind of hard to to know what intent is he, there was no kicking motion where he kicked it out he went through so i yeah it was probably the right call having said that it did affect mike smith and uh, probably a big reason why the puck went in the net having said that that josh anderson is a good hockey player. he had a good game he's a very good hockey player
1: Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three is the Certainty Hotline. We have Eddie standing by. Hey Eddie, thank you for calling. Go ahead.
0: Hey guys. Uh I just wanna say you guys do a
4: great
1: job, Rob. I don't know who you were until I started listening to the show. So <laughs> you're doing something right there, but <laughs> Oh thank you, I think. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. <laughs> I just had a question tonight about like uh, whenever there's a coach's challenge or anything like
5: that. I know it goes all the way up to Toronto, but do like when who decides
4: if it gets called back? Is it the guys up in Toronto? Do the refs have any input? I think it's they,
2: the refs. They look at it on a monitor. I believe uh, the ref on the, makes on the call. box. I believe the ref makes the call. They yeah. get they have people in there talking to them, but the refs make the call.
1: Yeah, if you've noticed that they get a they get an
2: iPad.
3: Yeah yeah, ones. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Not yeah, because I was <laughs> cause yeah, I just I wasn't sure because I was like, well, I hope it's not the refs making me calls because let's not kid ourselves The refs were they were pretty horrible tonight. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, that was my only question. Thanks for taking okay. my call. No, do hang uh, up. We're up. gonna do finish the play with you, okay? Oh, okay. So Great. you already have just for playing a fifty dollars sawmill gift card, and here is the clue. On the right wing to Pugliarvi. Just the end over the Montreal line to Drysidle, Now to McDavid. In front of the net. Okay, that is a power play goal by the Oilers late in the game. Their second goal of the game. Was it Nugent Hopkins or James Neal?
6: It was Nugent Hopkins.
1: On the right wing to Pugliarvi. Just the end over the Montreal line to Drysidle, Now to McDavid. In
4: front of the net. Nugent Hopkins.
1: Nuge back in action, getting on the score sheet. And Eddie with his name going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. 780-496-0063. This texture says Dreisaitl's goal scoring trending downwards over the last 10 games, showing in his play. Well, I have a feeling he'll score again.
2: <laughs> I, got no, I got no beef with, with Leon Dreisaitl. I thought the physicality that both Leon and Connor brought in these last two games was, was huge. I thought they, they pushed back, and they're going to have to if they play Montreal in the playoffs.
1: Uh, Kurt says, I guess the Oilers would rather have Lucic than Neal at this point. Any left-wing UFAs with size and skill that the Oilers could acquire in the summer. I don't know if they would. Because it had gone so sour for Lucic here over the last season and a half. And yep. he's actually, he's having a much
2: better season in yeah, Calgary. And good for him. He much is ha- season. He's having a good... Uh, would have he done that here? We'll never know. I don't know. if he, Well, if he would have played like that here, the Oilers wouldn't have got rid of him. But he didn't. So they got rid of him and uh good for him in calgary and good that he's he's having a resurgence in his career yeah future left wingers
1: for the oilers well well as we said we could talk about taylor hall <laughs> as a free agent we didn't think we could we'd be getting him in a trade that, that's going to be a, a storyline i think uh kurt yeah i mean uh ryan mcleod's going to get a shot here he can play center, and Dylan Holloway is a center who could play left wing. Now, he probably goes to Bakersfield to start next season. We're looking way ahead here, but he's somebody who could help. But Taylor Hall, again, is going to be one of the tough UFAs on the market, especially if he does well with Boston, and he's already got a couple goals.
2: Yeah, he, and I, there will be teams that are interested, but, I mean, he's a, it's not a great time to be an unrestricted free agent. The, the big contracts, I don't know if they're out there this summer with the way the flat – uh, salary cap's going to be coming in for the next couple of years.
1: Well, that's the thing. I, I you know, we've we've talked about the the Tyson Berry style deal, where a player says, "Okay, I can't cash in. I'll take a year and bet on myself." And he's having a good. He did, deal. yeah. But even him, is he going to cash
2: in whether he stays or goes well,
1: somewhere else? There's not going to be a lot out there.
2: There isn't, and the number of teams that are able to bid on them for the the, the amount you want are going to be dwindling because teams were expecting, okay, we're going to have this many dollars in the offseason. Well, oh, no, they're not raising the salary cap, and it doesn't look like it's going up for a while. Huh. I guess now that went from 12 teams to four that are interested or from 15 to six or whatever it is. Uh, Yeah, not a great time to be an unrestricted free agent. It's interesting to
1: see what Seattle's going to do because I would think, I would hope... The other GMs around the NHL have been able to sit back and see what George McPhee did. Because he made a lot of deals like, okay, I won't take this guy, but let's make a
2: swap here. But some of those GMs were dumb. Like, seriously. Like, everyone said that Vegas had a huge advantage. Well, yes and No. I mean, they built a team, some of the draft picks, I mean, their best defenseman was Schmidt at the time, and he was the seventh defenseman in, Vancouver, or in Washington. So it's not like they were given, like, all-stars. But some of the trades they made, okay, as you were about to say, okay, don't take this guy. We'll give you these two. Well, Florida gave up Marceau, so, who scored 30 goals, and, and to not take someone else, I don't even know who the guy was. I'm like, you just gave away a 30-goal score. Like, what's wrong with you? William Carlson, Columbus got rid of him. How do you quit on that guy? He's a guy that plays 200 feet. Like, So to me, it's like some GMs like overvalued players that weren't that good and undervalued some of the players that Las Vegas got, and Vegas did their homework. That is the biggest thing. And I know Ronnie Francis. I got to play with him a couple times in my career. I, I think he will have success in Seattle, and I hope he does. I hope that hockey market takes off. They had a great market as a junior for, for junior hockey. I hope it takes off as an NHL franchise too. Uh, but I, I don't know if the NHL teams are going to make as many of these side deals as they did with Vegas because it turned out really for Vegas and not for the other teams. All right, the Oilers are beaten tonight
1: 4-3 by the Montreal Canadiens. So updating the North Division standings. Toronto on top, 61 points in 46 games. Then you have Winnipeg and Edmonton who have both played 45. Winnipeg has a one-point edge, 57-56. Next two games for the Oilers are in Winnipeg Monday and Wednesday. Montreal kind of alone there in fourth. They have 49 points. They've played 44 games. So they are still... Seven back of the Oilers, they are eight ahead of Calgary, and they are ten ahead of Vancouver. Now Vancouver has five games in hand, but I mean you got you gotta win all of them. But at least you know Vancouver's got uh, a little bit of hope. And Vancouver, I should say, Vancouver's points percentage is better than Calgary. Yes. So technically they're in fifth place, even though Calgary has a couple of more points than uh, Ottawa uh 36 points in 46 games they've got their points percentage up to 3.91. So that's the update. It's still looking very much like the Oilers will finish second or third and still most likely they wind up playing the Winnipeg Jets in the first round. So the, at at this, point, at this point, this
2: is where it's headed. The only thing that could change is Winnipeg how, how many games do they have left with Toronto? 3 games. Winnipeg and Toronto still play each other this season. That's how Winnipeg could win the division because they're head going head-to-head head, against a Toronto team that right now has got no goaltending. I watched the Vancouver games. Goal te- the Maple Leafs sh- should have won both those games oh, going sure. away. The goaltending was bad. Campbell wasn't good. Riddich was awful. Like, he let two goals in that swear. I well, swear, the one Reed, was going wide. Yeah, it wasn't even on net, and it went in. You could have stopped that one. Well, no, I couldn't have. You could have, because I, you just, had I, had wouldn't, I
1: wouldn't have moved. I wouldn't have been quick enough to move, and it just would have gone by me, and I would have been, oh, I went wide into the corner. I didn't even have to move.
2: I could not believe that that one went in. And then the the, the Toronto Maple Leaf defenseman's like, okay, seriously, I just got a minus on that one? That wasn't even a shot on net. But, yeah, no, Toronto's got some issues right now. They better hope that Freddie Anderson comes back and he's healthy. Jason says, what do you think will
1: happen with Miko Koskinen going into next season? Seeing what is happening with Smith... He's the number one. What is Miko's confidence and if you were Hall what would you be trying to do with him? That is a beauty of a question. Uh Alex Stalock is under contract for next year. At a very nice price. But he could be claimed. True. Yep. Or do you protect or do you protect him and leave Koskinen unclaimed?
2: And Smith because is Smith's a UFA a, anyway. I mean, the problem with that, I mean now Koskinen's like, really? Well, see, that's yeah. the, Koskinen
1: is, <laughs> as we've said oftentimes, and I think it's played out this season, he's a good backup. Very good backup. He's If he plays every third or fourth game, he's actually been pretty good. Yeah, he's Well, since Mike Smith's
2: come back, Koskinen's been excellent. So who's taking him? That's the problem. Nobody at $4.5 million.
1: Yeah, and even Seattle is not going to be like, if no. he was, you know, $2 million, they might play, okay, oh, absolutely, he's a yeah. good
2: backup. Yeah, yeah, we'll take him. But, I mean, as we've seen, a goaltending is so huge for an expansion team. Yeah. I don't know if we're answering your question, Jason. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> what we're talking about. Honestly, I, I don't know what... I, unless something completely falls apart with Mike Smith, they're going to they're gonna re-sign Mike Smith. They will want him back. He's got a relationship with the coach. He wants to be here, and he's been all-world this year for this team. Koskinen, his contract, uh, you could buy him out. They could buy him out. That's a possibility. I don't know. Or I don't maybe there could be. You know, there, you never know. There could be some sort of trade. I, I, I don't know. Someone's going to take a four point five million dollar goalie to be a backup. I just don't know that.
1: Uh, Jason, I, I think, I think Koskinen's confidence is fine. He yeah. doesn't look like a. He's
2: played a, well when he's
1: played. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't look uh, like a mopey, uh, out-of-it goaltender. He's made the most of most of his starts since Smith has come back.
2: And a a player is usually quite honest with himself and with his situation. He's watching Mike Smith have a, a career year. He understands, okay, I mean, if Mike Smith was fumbling through this, I'd be a little upset. And why is this guy playing ahead of me? I mean, there's no question right now that Mike Smith deserves to play the bulk of the games the way he's playing. He's been excellent. And Kost want understand that and Said, all right, I just got to be ready for my turn because every time I get a chance, how I play will affect when I get my next opportunity.
1: All right, the Canadians take it tonight, 4-3 over the Edmonton Oilers. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That is presented by Japanese Village Restaurants now offering takeout. Complete details at jvedmonton.ca. We'll get to Caleb Jones. we got time for your call. If you're up and you want to give us a ring, 780-496-0063. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Two goals for Josh Anderson. Canadians beat the Oilers 4-3. Three more points for Connor McDavid, so the Oilers' record is now 27-16-2. The Canadians are 20-15-9. As we update the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals with daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options, head to advantagetrailerrentals.com. The Golden Knights clinch a playoff spot 5-2 win over the Sharks. The Knights are 33-11-2. The Blackhawks beat the Predators 5-4 in overtime. And the Wild win on the road 4-1 against the Coyotes. Basketball tonight, Raptors win 114-103 over the Nets. The Blue Jays win on the road against Boston 6-3. CFL looking for an August 5th kickoff with a 14-game season. Gray Cup in Hamilton on December 12th. Going to be the latest Gray Cup ever. Now, they have not released a schedule. We should get that probably relatively soon and we know there are some things to to work out there is even uh, talking to morley scott earlier because things are different in different provinces and again august is a long way away they could have ottawa and montreal play each other in calgary for example early in the season or or the East teams play. Okay, your first four games are all in Alberta, BC, and
2: Saskatchewan, and then we see. Anyway. I'm guessing there's going to be multiple schedules made depending on what provinces are allowing in their province at that time.
1: Yeah, we'll and, see. But I'm glad they've they've got it. I'm, o- I'm
2: hoping the league starts. I really am hoping the league starts and they get an opportunity to play this year and we get to see a great cup game.
1: Okay, Canadians win 4-3 over the Oilers. We have Mike on the Certainty hotline. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Hey guys, how's it going? Good. Could you just turn your radio down a little bit? Sure. Thank you. Much better.
4: Uh, Okay, so I have a question for you. Um, What, we have about 11 games left? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, My suggestion is this is going back to the previous text here. What about we bring Staylock up? bring uh, Koskinen down, try him out for a couple of games, try him out in the playoffs, and then make
2: the decision after that. Because, well, mainly well they're, because they're all three on the, roster. They're, on the they're, roster. they're all three on the roster, But yeah. the problem is right now is Smith's going to play the majority of the games, and there's nothing in Koskinen's game that would have him move out of the the, the play of, uh, of him being one of the two goaltenders. So I, I, don't, I I've said this when they picked up Staluk, and I'll say it again today. I don't think he plays unless there's an injury.
1: I don't know. I think he could play if there's a game that isn't going to I, I don't think impact so. the standings. I don't know. I think
2: why? Uh, to me, it's why. Why would you, if you've got your starter and you've got your backup, you want both of them ready for the playoffs, why bring another goalie in? I, I mean, he's he's here as a safety net. That's all he is. Koskinen has been good. There's no reason right now to have someone auditioning for a part that's already taken.
1: Yeah, I I understand what you're saying, and, and I, yeah, I suppose. It's like taking however, something out. If Alex Stalock plays and has a 37 save shutout or allows four goals on 10 shots, does it change your opinion of him for next year? If you, he, he, it's guess.
2: it's one game. It to yeah. me, it, it doesn't matter. Like Koskinen is Koskinen's played well as a backup. He's been very very good. So to me, they've got their two goalies. Staylock's here in case someone gets hurt, and. Uh, and it's needed. We see around the league, all the different teams. Toronto's having trouble right now with injuries. We saw Montreal. They miss Price. You have to have three quality goaltenders. He's there in case of injury, and that's the only reason.
1: Uh, this texture says, what's with you guys? and save percentage since Smith came back is 925. That's better than Smith's. Backups numbers, I guess, eh? Yes, I think the key phrase in your text, sir or ma'am, is since Smith came back.
2: Yeah, it's when he yeah, was starting. It was,
1: it was when he was playing the majority of the time. That was the He's problem. a better
2: goaltender. As you Reed said a little while ago, uh, Koskinen is a better goaltender when he's playing every third or fourth game. He, when he played every game, he wasn't as strong. Yeah, and full and credit see, to how he's played. He's oh, had he's, some excellent he's been, games. That's, that's why, to me, Stalock isn't playing. Koskinen's your backup and has been a very good backup.
1: Just looking at the schedule here. So Winnipeg Monday, Wednesday, and then Calgary next Thursday. So those will be split. Yeah, Goss going to play. W- I'm just trying to think how many games Smith won't play. They have a back-to-back in Vancouver, and that's it. They only have two back-to-backs the rest of the way. Smith could still play nine of the final 11 games.
2: And, well, and it'll probably the last game of the season, or in the last two games, I'll probably be dependent on where the Oilers are in the standings, if they need them or not, and if they right. want to rest Smith before the playoffs, I would imagine Smith's going to play both games against Winnipeg, put Goskin in against Calgary. That's my guess. But then again, I'm batting about. Well, 100. they'll split the back-to-back. They'll split. That's I think. I put your better goalie in against the team that you need to beat. That's Winnipeg Jets. Yeah.
1: is how you can get us as uh, the Oilers have fallen 4-3 to the Montreal Canadiens. He had an assist tonight on Connor McDavid's breakaway goal. Here is Caleb Jones.
4: Caleb, that's that's obviously a team that doesn't generally give up a lot five-on-five. Does it feel like it makes the margin for error pretty tight? You know, you just can't give up a lot against them?
6: Yeah, um, for sure. You know, that's... You know, that's how the playoffs are going to be, the way they just played. You know, that's, that's how every team's going to play in the playoffs. It's going to be tight games like that. And, um, you know, they're a desperate team right now. You know, we're a desperate team, and it was a good hockey game, but uh, uh, they played well. I thought we, we battled hard, and obviously the refs were kind of letting us play tonight, but um, it didn't go in our favor. And, you know, we still have some work to do in games like that. we got to learn to try to win those games.
4: Seems like there was quite a bit of physical play these last two games in a row. How do you think that challenged your group and, and how do you
6: think you guys did with that? I actually thought we, we handled it pretty well. You know, the first game, especially you know, tonight, they, uh, they came out real hard. I thought we, we responded at times, but I think um, they kind of had to jump on us a little bit and, and we got to start uh, the game a little more desperate and a little more physical. And um, I know myself, I've been trying to work on playing harder and finishing guys in the corners. And um, it was a good test for me tonight, for sure, and, and for our whole group. Derek Vandes, Post Media.
4: Caleb, this is what it's going to be like in the playoffs, or this is what we anticipate it's going to be like in the playoffs. How how big are, are playing these games before the playoffs uh, for you guys, knowing that this is probably going to be as intense as it is in the playoffs?
6: Uh, they're huge. You know, they didn't do anything that we didn't think they were going to do. You know, we knew they were c- going to come out hard. Obviously, they're um, they're kind of fighting for their lives, trying to to stay in the playoff race, and um, you know, we're trying to obviously keep pushing up the the division, so. Um, that's just kind of how it is. You know, we have some veterans in that room that we kind of had a conversation about how we're going to have to start playing here. You can't just turn on the playoffs. You kind of have to get in that playoff mindset. Um, you know, it's about 15 games left in the year. So we're, you know, every game we're trying to play the same way and bring that same intensity.
4: They're fun to watch. Are they as fun to play when you're when you're in that battle like that?
6: Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. You know, I, I love games like that. You know, I think when, when the games get real intense and physical like that, I think... Um, you know, it brings the best out of a lot of players, and I know myself. You know, I, I really get into the game when, when it gets physical like that, so I like it.
5: Daniel Andrew Bowman, the athletic. Hi, Caleb. Uh, as has been you know discussed here, the game styles were pretty similar uh, last night to a couple nights ago. How would you compare your your performance as a team uh, tonight compared to two nights ago?
6: Um. I haven't thought. I'd probably have to go back and watch a little bit. Uh, you know, they came out. They came out hard the first night. I think we uh, we kind of got a, got a jump on them there in the first game. I think tonight they were a really desperate team, and I think we took a little too long to kind of really give a hard push back. And um, you know, obviously it ended up costing us in the end. We lose by one. So uh you know we just got to learn that we get to play a full 60 minutes with that intensity and that physicality and and you know and we will we've we've made a lot of steps this year towards that and we'll continue to make steps
5: uh they only have three calls against them one was a double minor uh, you know more mm-hmm. uh, power place for you guys and, and same on on the other side but uh did you, do you find that um there's something you guys could have done a little bit more to draw some more penalties or was it just a matter of kind of this was the game style and the way the game
6: called tonight uh you could tell in the first they weren't they kind of put the whistles away so um you know the third period they they started calling a little more which you know i thought was kind of weird because the first two periods they were they were kind of just letting us play but um you know it is what it is you know you can't control what happens with that stuff you just got to keep playing through it and um you know i thought we did a good job of fighting through a lot of that stuff and you know we'll continue to do that
5: Matheson Matheson, Postmedia. Uh, Caleb, you made a terrific pass to Connor for the goal to tie the game, but they came right back on the next shift. Was that kind of a, a turning point, too? You kind of looked like you had momentum. and then next shift, Anderson came right back and scored the goal, and then you're fighting back again to try to get the, the, the
6: tying goal. Yeah, yeah. you obviously don't want to give up a goal right when you get one. You know, we were going to, felt like we were about to start to make a push there, but, you know, that's hockey. You know, that's going to happen. You know, it'll probably happen again this year at some point. So you have to find a way to mentally stay sharp and keep pushing back no matter what happens in the game.
1: All right, that's Caleb Jones of the Edmonton Oilers. They lose 4-3 tonight to the Montreal Canadiens. Hartlett-Ford. couple of goals by Josh Anderson. Montreal beating Edmonton 4-3 tonight at Rogers Place, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Checking some other stats. Canadians out shooting the Oilers 31-25. Good night for Edmonton in the face-off circle. 64% led by Leon
2: Draisaitl, who took 30 faceoffs and <laughs> won 19 of them. He's pretty good in the draw. Um, that's the one th- area that if Montreal plays in the playoffs, is the, in down the middle. They, they're young and experienced. That's why they picked up Stahl but a little more experience in the, in, in the dot area for big faceoffs at certain times. But Leon Drysaddle would feast on a lot of those young kids when it gets into important situations.
1: There were... How many face-offs? There were 53 faceoffs in the game. He took 30 of them for the Oilers. They they, they still need somebody. <laughs> they, they, that's another thing they'll have to address. Dreisaitl played 27 minutes. McDavid played 27-10. Nurse played 25-38. Nugent Hopkins played 26-31, so they were leaning on those guys tonight. Shots on goal, leaders for the Oilers. He was dry with four. Nugent McDavid with three each hits. Archibald credited with six. Larson credited with five for the Canadians. Anderson. The two goals, five shots. De Foley had a goal. He had five shots on goal. And uh, Ben Chirot played 27-17 tonight. Wow, I didn't realize he played that much.
2: Good. Yeah, he's good. The, the Canadians certainly missed him when he was out. Uh, he got into a fight, broke it his hand, I think, wasn't it? Or I think that's what he was out with. He missed a bunch of time. He's come back, and he gives them four solid defensemen, and that's why the others have had some problems with them this year. They are a very good defensive team the goal or the goal scoring is what her sets them back sometimes but tonight they got just enough
1: he was also the hits leader for the canadians with nine hits paul byron was credited with seven so just to look at some of the other stats Uh, if you missed it zach cassian left the game very early three minutes in uh should get well the Oilers will look at him tomorrow it didn't look good as he went off the ice but we'll see exactly what happened and Kara will uh See what happens with him over the next few days. No practice tomorrow. Then they'll be back on the ice Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I think our adjustment of the game for Monday, Rob, for Alberta's chiropractors, if it hurts to see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com slash hockey, will be the debut of Dmitry Kulikov on the blue line.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think I think that the Oilers uh, have settled pretty well with their, their five. I think uh, Jones, and I know that Bob talked about Jones and Russell will be the two guys that uh, will be... One of those two that comes out, I think it'll be Jones first. I think Russell will stay in. I think Dave Tippett likes experience. But then they get another experienced defenseman. You, you, you need a big barn of defensemen if you want to go on a long run in the playoffs. You've got to have guys that you can rely on because guys get beat up. They get banged up in a long playoff run. And the Oilers, I believe, got a little bit better picking him up. And as you and Bob have talked about all night long, there may be in the next couple of games a couple guys that are going to be changed to the lineup is we, Bob thinks McLeod will be in on Wednesday's game in Winnipeg so kind of exciting to see the couple Oilers uh, new Oilers or guys that will be in the lineup new for the Oilers in the next few games I'm looking forward
1: to see him play he's very fast mm-hmm. I mean you got to get engaged when I saw him in camps he looked that way but those are camps he's, he's done it in the ahl which i know doesn't guarantee success but if you don't do it in the minors they're not going to give you a chance mm-hmm. to to do it in the nhl so he's it's going to be exciting to see him, him play and, and like you said with the forward situation they they need as many bodies that uh, they can get going right now so the the canadians now play the flames and i mean a complete last chance for the Flames if they go to. the Flames would have to sweep in the three games in
2: regulation yeah I well I mean it, it anything's possible but to me the four teams that are in the playoffs are in the playoffs but the Calgary Flames got to have some belief um at the same time it, it's funny the Vancouver Canucks who also have, I think they play the next four games against the Ottawa Senators so they're hoping that the two teams that ch- they're chasing are playing each other and i guess they're hoping for calgary to win a bunch of them and then they got to start chasing calgary i don't know to me the playoff race is over but in calgary there's a little bit of belief and in vancouver there's a little bit of belief but to me we saw the montreal canadians who i believe are a team that are built for playoff hockey well that's that's what the interesting
1: thing about them because they have their weaknesses, yep. as, as every team does. There's, I mean, we're talking about Vegas already clinched. Well, they, they have weaknesses.
3: Just no, not as many and not, not as big. Not
1: as many and obviously not as not as big. I mean, you talked about the Leafs. Goaltending. Goaltending earlier. And I, and I think you can get to their defense if you can get the puck out of your own end because yeah. they can really get after you. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that's what makes it But Montreal is so interesting to me because they, they have such a weird-looking record i mean tw- they they have they've only won one more game than calgary but they have the extra overtime because <laughs> they're along in the way. they're
2: in every game they because they're they're a good defensive team that uh that's what i that's why i say they're a playoff hockey team they lose a lot of games in shootouts and in three on three well you don't play those in in the playoffs so uh, how many t- how many times have they gone to to overtime this year it's like 12 times? 10, I think. 10 times. It's either 10 or 11. They, so,
1: they, they they lost the first nine.
2: So there you go. So 10 or 11 times. Well, in playoff hockey, that's 10 or 11 times they've taken it to overtime. Now, when you get into overtime, this is a team that can be better. They'll, they'll, they'll go two overtimes, three overtimes, whatever it takes. So that's why I think they're a good playoff hockey club is they play playoff hockey style hockey. It's, it's physical. It's mean. It's nasty. You're allowed to do a little bit more. Uh, they've got... Well, when Price is healthy, they got two quality goals. I thought Allen played very well in both his games, that he stepped in for Carey Price here. Uh, up front, they're deep to the point where they've got some veteran guys on their fourth line and a Perry and a, a Stall, guys that have been around a long time, guys that know what it takes to win. I thought Perry looked good in these games. doesn't play a lot, but he's effective when he's on the ice. He drew a penalty tonight uh, on Connor McDavid with a glancing blow. Um, so i i do like montreal's team and i think that whoever plays against them you may beat them but you're coming out banged and bruised it's you're not coming out of this game of a series with montreal like okay we won let's i feel fresh let's go play the next series (laughs) i mean the oilers just look at their dressing room right now they got they got big strong guys that are out of the lineup because of the physicality of this game this two game set imagine seven games of this and then traveling back and forth to the east all right, we're going to wind her down. Thanks a lot for tuning in
1: tonight. Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre. 4-3, the Canadians take it. You can get more on globalnews.ca or 630 chet.com. Our next game broadcast is Monday, 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock puck drop, Oilers at Winnipeg. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer back at 630 Chad. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a great night.
0: 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.